Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode number three. In this episode, Hope and Bonnie interview Colby's new drama teacher, Dolores Mahalik. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie. I'm living out the day-to-day homeschooling reality with two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the oldest is in tenth, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby. I'm a liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and a Colby parent ambassador. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. Welcome, Dolores. Thank you for visiting with us. Could you tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. So I was actually, I'm the first graduate of the online school, the Colby online school to teach on the online school. So I'm very thrilled to be, uh, to thrilled to have that um, epitaph next to my name. After I graduated from Colby, I got a degree in uh, drama and business at the University of Dallas down in Texas. And I've been working uh, in regional theaters across America and various internships, mostly focused on production and marketing. So with that background, I worked some of my favorite work I did at Goodspeed Musicals in the Northeast and Chicago Shakespeare Theater in Illinois. Uh, And they were great opportunities. I got to see a lot of theater. I got to uh, watch a lot of plays and and help plays uh, happen. But I've always, I've I've loved teaching and I've loved working with uh, young people to develop theater and kind of introduce them to theater. So at the beginning of this summer, when uh, COVID shut everything down and when all the theaters, you know, closed their doors, I really wanted to find a way to still have theater very present in my life. So I reached out to Colby Academy and asked them if they'd be interested in a drama course. And they said yes. And I was thrilled because I was like, I could teach that. Uh, so basically, uh, this this we're teaching. I'm teaching two courses for them. They're both single semester courses. The first one is a drama portfolio class where we'll be working with high school students to build a portfolio of dramatic work, which they'll be able to submit for college applications and beyond. Uh, and then the second, the second semester, I'll be teaching an introductory course to Shakespeare and Shakespearean verse, which um, is uh, Shakespeare is a, is a deep love of mine. So I am very excited to introduce them to how to actually produce Shakespearean verse um, on a stage, right? Because we can study it in literature and we do study it in Colby literature, but um, how do we bring that literature into production? That's a fascinating question. So I'm excited to bring that to the students. It's really Thank cool. How does, how does that work with having an online class? Like, I don't doubt it. I think it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what it's like. Absolutely. Uh, well, there's a lot of that. That's actually the big question right now, right? Because most theaters are have shut their doors until 2021, which means they're either, you know, playing recordings of live uh, performances on stage that happened, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, or they're trying to make forays into what's uh, become known as Zoom theater. So Zoom theater is kind of a dangerous territory. We, It's not something that's been done a lot, so it's very experimental. We're figuring out, you know, to be honest, it's more like live television than uh, theater because it's streaming online, right? So, so you have a bunch of talking heads. So that, it's a really interesting and challenging uh, situation we find ourselves in. But I was very lucky. I have a, I have a team of 
like-minded Catholic creative individuals who were all super excited to make theater at the beginning of this uh, quarantine. And so we started what we called a quarantine project where we basically decided, you know, we're never going to stop creating. So let's figure out how to create on Zoom theater. So we produced, uh, we're on our fourth production right now, uh, producing theater and, uh, and they've been uh, varying degrees of success. We recently did uh, an experimental kind of uh, directing lab, we called it a directing lab, where we brought different playwrights and plays to a group of 10 actors and we were basically like, how do we make this work on Zoom? So when I say experimental, I mean, uh, you know, can we incorporate uh, can we incorporate like Instagram stories onto Zoom and make that part of the storytelling? Can we incorporate the chat box and make it part of the storytelling? Uh, so, so for example, there was a piece by Shakespeare that we did where we incorporated the chat box as kind of the asides. So the characters would type into the chat box for the asides, and then, then when they were dialoguing with another actor, they would have it on screen. So it's so in, uh, the long answer to your question is. It's interesting work we can do um, on screen, and it's, and it's very compelling work. But I'm I'm fascinated to actually be exploring this with the students because we'll all be learning it in the process. So that's really cool. I yes. studied media uh, history and theory in college, and one of the refrains that we'd hear a lot is the medium is the message and so that kind of sounds like you're exploring how to convey the message and how to really bring the medium into the storytelling which is so cool and to integrate i think that's one of the real benefits of colby is that it is both rooted in the classical tradition and you know going all the way back to the ancient Greeks and then we're talking about zoom and Instagram stories and things like that and it is entirely relevant to today so that is very cool to hear absolutely absolutely um and it, the other very exciting thing about zoom theater is that it's the only true a universal theater that exists, right? Because you can work with actors from across the world on Zoom and you can bring people from Australia and uh, from you know Asia into Zoom productions that would never have gotten the opportunity before because they were bound by location. Yeah. You said both of these classes are for high schoolers? Both of these classes are for high schoolers. The uh, drama portfolio course is a prerequisite for the Shakespearean course. So if you're interested in the Shakespearean course, you need to sign up for the portfolio course ASAP so we can, I can teach you, you know, how to read a play and how to do a play script analysis uh, to prepare you for the Shakespearean verse course. That was one of my questions, like, how does this work? How did you go about coming up with these courses, designing these courses? And well, I so so this is this is how I came about creating the course. I, I basically went back over theater history. I started with theater history and was like, what are the greatest texts that uh, students should read if they're interested in drama uh, before they graduate high school? So I was actually I picked out eight plays and I picked them out based on two criteria. Uh, I picked it out based on whether or not it had a, a historical um, significant impact on, you know, play production and uh, how plays were produced and thought about. And then the the second criteria is is have we seen a play like this before in theater history? So let me break that down a little bit for you. Uh, it's basically approaching a play uh, through the literary analysis and through the production analysis. So the first play we're going to be reading is Oedipus Rex. Oedipus Rex is probably it is is one of the greatest greek plays you can choose because that was the first time 
Sophocles incorporated a third act, a third actor, a protagonist is what they were called it, um, onto the stage, and he had a chorus of 15 actors. And you can uh, you can see this play kind of mark, making its mark um, in Greek theater as a play that uh, both challenged the perception of the gods of theater, the, the gods of Greece, and also it challenged the perception of fate and, and what could a man do. So, so Oedipus Rex is beautifully written from a, uh, a literary point of view. It, it's something new. We haven't seen it before. But then from a production standpoint, it's also new, right? We have a third actor on the stage. We have a chorus of 15 instead of, you know, 40, uh, 40 chorus members. And uh, they're able to innovate that in that way in a very, um, in, in a new way that that hadn't been seen before. So that's why, so, so basically as I went through the theater history, I was like, which of these plays fit this criteria? And I came up with eight and that's how I chose the eight for the drama portfolio course. Uh, the best thing about it is that as the students um, are going to build their portfolio, they'll be building off of things that uh, that the playwrights have done in the past, right? So new, uh, the, they we're going to do a bit of uh, playwriting uh, based on the unities from Aristotle that he saw in Oedipus Rex. Uh, with the unities from Aristotle are one time, one place, one action. So we'll be writing a little script uh, based on those unities and based uh, on Oedipus Rex, basically. And then we'll move on, right? Later in the semester, we'll be looking at Everyman, which is like a more medieval morality play, which has a fantastic production concept. Uh, and that's when we'll be introducing students to the production concepts of theaters, and that's how they'll build into their portfolio course. But that's how we, that's how we created, that's how I created the coursework and the, like the, the base of the course, uh, both in the literary analysis vein and the production analysis vein. So it's a cool concept to combine. Like I think don't Colby ninth graders read Oedipus Rex in literature and it's this literary side, but your course takes it a step further, builds on that as I think reading a lot of the classics does like each time that you encounter them, you get more and more out of them. You're not going to get everything that any of the Colby readings have to offer in your first visit. So, absolutely. And to take it to 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 your point of medium and message, uh, theater has a really beautiful way of incorporating both the spoken word and the human person. Uh, and it's it's one of the only art forms that can really uh, like like tie those two so closely together, right? So so what's so fascinating to me about theater, and which is why I'm really glad I'm teaching Colby students, because I can bring this up. Um, if, I, if I were in a secular environment, I wouldn't be able to bring this up, but I'm very excited to teach Colby students because there's a beautiful parallel in the dramatic world and in, in the theater world between um, the word and the flesh and the fact that the word was made flesh, right? One of the the ultimate act of creation was the word becoming uh, flesh and dwelling among us. So as actors, we have this beautiful call from our Lord to uh, create with the spoken world, right? As soon as we step onto the stage or, you know, open up the Zoom call, if we're doing it on Zoom, we are speaking and we're creating these worlds uh, and these characters and these people which are very, which if we do our job well, are very real and very um, honest and good and beautiful. Um, but in an awesome way, it also bows to God's creation, right? Because we don't, we aren't presumptuous enough 
to think that uh, that world will exist forever or those characters will exist forever because with theater, with the, with the, the temporary nature of it, as soon as, you know, the group of actors splits up or, uh, you know, the play ends, the curtain falls for the last time, the world disappears, right? It's, it's like it, it almost never existed or if it does did exist, it only exists in the memories of man. Uh, so, so there's, there's a beautiful way in which actors and dramatic artists are able to participate in God's creation, which I find um, so, which I find so powerful and, and so humbling and which is uh, a reason I think it's a great course for st Colby students to take. I think it'll build on um, all of their literary analysis they've done on the plays so far. Uh, and I think it'll make them uh, stronger students uh, in the Catholic and in the Ignatian vein. That is really beautiful. That is so cool. Um, like one question that we had for you this evening was kind of how dramatic arts fit in with classical education and you, you already introduced us to classical and Catholic connections with dramatic arts. I think sometimes people may think, oh, well, acting is playing pretend or kind of write it off as something frivolous or make-believe. And it, you really beautifully enunciated a, a really deep truth to it and a way of encountering creation. So that is awesome. That's right, especially if we're coming at it from a, um, this could be considered like, an elective, like the way you have just described it, it makes it so central. It ties in beautifully with all the other core curriculum. And for those of us who come to this method and familiar with that, I think you laid it out so beautifully right there. It, just, it really is, speaks right to our souls and the very innermost part of us that what it means to be alive, like really living. Absolutely, absolutely. You said that so well. You said that so well because it does, it does tie us, uh, the spoken word will it ties us to our created beings uh, and and hopefully if I do my job right the high school students who go through this class will be able to you know speak better and uh, in any kind of public speaking scenario and they'll be able to communicate better using the spoken word and using and through gesture and thought and uh, and the creating the design concepts so the it's the whole class at, in a sense is about communicating the spoken word or the, or the communicating the written word um, through the spoken art of, of drama. So if, if we do our, if, if I do my job right with this class, um, they'll be able to connect to that and they'll be able to um, bring to life uh, the different courses that they, they go through. Do I remember correctly from, I think it may have been the press release about this class that you are reading a, or encountering a Carol Waitia, Waitiwa? Yes. Oh name. my goodness. I probably this said is... his last name incorrectly. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this is a really exciting, uh, this is really exciting because when I was going through the eight plays, I didn't even, didn't really realize I did this until I was like surveying them at the end. Uh, we actually begin, well, well, there's a prelude, right, with Oedipus Rex. And then the, the very next play we read is Everyman, which is a medieval a uh, parable play uh, about uh, every man and good deeds, and uh, how how to be uh, how to get to Christ. And then in the middle of the 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 semester, we also have a Christ parable uh, with an Irish play where there's this the the central character Christy Mahone or a Christ man. If you say it with an Irish accent, it sounds exactly like Christ man. 
but his name is Christy Mahone, and he is an Irishman who arrives in this city, in this um, little Irish village, and is basically scapegoated and uh, persecuted, and then uh, tried for the the town's sins and driven out of the town. So it's it's a Christ pet parable that's smack in the middle of it. And then at the very end of the course, we're also going to be uh, doing the jeweler's shop by Pope John Paul II, then Carol Wativa. Uh, and it's and he calls it a parable, right? He calls it a parable. It's a play about marriage and how and the hope that marriage brings. Uh, so it's going to be so we'll be basically begin. We'll have another Christ parable in the middle and then we'll have a, a parable at the end to kind of capsulate the course. So, yes, we will be doing Lativa is the answer to your question. And I'm so excited to teach it. I've never ta uh, taught the jeweler shop before. So this is going to be a new one for me. Very cool. One thing that I appreciate about Colby is the way that we encounter and learn how to analyze and interact with and move on from different stories or concepts or things like that that may be only suitable for certain audiences or may kind of have a content warning, shall we say, or something like that. And I really, I really appreciate that about Colby because it puts it in perspective and it really prepares especially high school students for being in the world without being of it. And so I think I remember, is there a little bit of that in this course? Uh, I think you're referring to the Playboy of the Western world. Is that the play you're, you're thinking of? I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there is a play in the middle. So so this is the, actually the Irish parable I was I was speaking about. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the magazine. It just has a really unfortunate name uh but it's an irish play uh and it's uh but it does it has uh so basically so the 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 play synopsis is christy mahone visits this irish village uh that's a, that's uh in desperate need of salvation uh and the elders of the village basically throw him out and he gets tempted by the devil that's in the form of the widow quinn uh so there is there are moments of um there, there are moments of adult content in it, uh, but it's it's as adult as as reading the Bible would be. Sure. Uh, and then, but there's also, you know, uh, we're going to have to, in this course, I'm glad they only made it for high schoolers because we're going to be tackling Twelfth Night by Shakespeare. And we're going to have to, you know, face the, there's a lot of cross-dressing in that play. And how do we approach that as Catholics? How did Shakespeare approach that? Which is actually a fascinating question, right? Like how does... How does Elizabeth in England approach that concept, and was it uh, risque? What what was going on there? So we'll be able to tackle that question too. Uh, but there's there's a delightful play that I think is not very well known. It's by Shaw that will be that will be tackling in this course, and it's called Arms of the Man. I mean, I'm really glad I'm really glad this made it into the course uh, because it begins. The opening scene is basically there's this young girl. She's in the war, a war-torn city. She's the, she's the daughter of a noble person, um, but an escaping soldier from a side that's not her own, right? So the opposite side, an escaping soldier um, is desperate for refuge. And so he climbs the balcony and he basically tries to hide in her bedroom. So there's like this moment of like, oh no, what's about to happen? Um, but she, uh, she has absolutely no perception of the evil that might befall her. Instead, she, you know, um, she uh, is. She tells him that he's not allowed in her room, and she promptly sends him outside. And he's like, "What are you doing? I'm a soldier. I could kill you." And she's like, "I don't care that you could kill me. It's completely inappropriate that you're in my room. Go away." 
Uh, and so that's kind of smack dab in the middle of there. Uh, and he, there, nothing, nothing um, untoward happens. Uh, he is fainting from hunger, so uh, he ends up. Uh, so, so I'm not going to spoil the play, but it's a, it's a very beautiful play. But there is, uh, there, the, in this course, we will be tackling these, uh, these intense kind of relationships within the plays. And, uh, and just so everybody's clear, nothing completely untoward happens in any of these plays. But there is a lot of questioning about. Um, there's there's the there's questions that are posed and replies that are given which are really important about uh humanity and how to live as a as a catholic and but as an individual in this world so i'm very excited i'm so i'm so grateful that i get to teach this to a catholic high school audience because uh we'll, we'll we won't be bogged down in what the the uh, secular world could think of these plays will actually be able to to engage and respond to the questions that they pose sounds like sounds they're like in the perfect context like and very timely very yeah, very timely. timely yeah yeah mm -hmm. waiting for godot is the is the second to last play we read um and that's something i'm very excited to explore with them because there is a lot of hopelessness in it that i think uh, the, that I think marriage, uh, the jeweler shop will act as like a perfect foil for it because the jeweler shop is so hopeful um, and waiting for Godot is not. But if we are able to ask those questions and waiting for Godot of the students um, and then, you know, answer them with J John Paul II's words, what better way to um, approach and broach these subjects? Absolutely. So. Yeah. And you being a Colby graduate yourself, are you're in a great position to be able to really engage with the material from both from both the side of an alumna who has been formed by this and who can now take it to the next level in conveying and teaching it to more students um, so you mentioned you're the first Colby online graduate to teach with Colby that is online. correct that, that is correct yeah cool. well I'm guessing then that you enjoyed Colby online Oh, thoroughly, thoroughly. And it prepared me so well for college. I was able to, you know, I read, I, I was, I read so many of the texts in Colby Academy that I ended up reading at, in, you know, at the university. Um, and it just, it, it prepared me well. It made me, um, and I was able to, to center to to center my understanding of these great books and this classical curriculum um, and then expand it uh, in a way that I don't think my fellow uh, students were able to do because they hadn't uh, been learning about these books since high school. They uh, they were kind of they were they were coming to it almost late in the game or I was early in the game to be able to broach these texts. So I was very lucky. I love Colby Academy. and I'm very grateful to be back. It's neat to hear these two stories, both of you, uh, at being alumni of the school to to share your experience. How, for those of us who are who have students in the school now who have not gotten to that point yet, just to see both of your um, paths in life, where they are now, and how Colby has informed those, and and the formation that you've received, and the classical education you have, how that has helped you be the people you are, and the ownership you've taken of your faith. It's so inspiring to see and uh, really reassuring and encouraging. And these are the things that are very hopeful and inspiring to me as a parent. Um, 
especially without this background myself, our, our children are coming to this now and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity for them. And to hear you synthesize all these ideas, all these timeless ideas, and they're all really relevant right now. And that's very, um, it can be, I think, an eye opener to people who don't have that formation, that background to be like, whoa, this is not the first time this something like this has come up. The circumstances might be novel, but the, the really, the underlying conditions are not. So mm -hmm. I knew someone who would say history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. <laughs> and I liked that because like you said, Bonnie, the details may be different in different times, but these themes and these questions is really do show up everywhere from Oedipus Rex to medieval times to John Paul II to Zoom theater. So I think we we started episode two about our patron saints with the quote from the Colby website about rooted in tradition and relevant to the world today. And you're you're like the embodiment of that. From <laughs> what you described. That was the word I was thinking of. Good job. So um, it sounds like there is still time to enroll in the first semester. That is correct. I encourage everyone to uh, everyone. I encourage anyone uh, in high school if they if they want to uh, find out how to approach the spoken word uh, through the written word, they should definitely sign up. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun this semester. It will be a challenging course, uh, but I think it's totally manageable. So absolutely. And the first semester is a prerequisite for the second semester. That, that is correct. Sense. So drama portfolio is a prerequisite for Shakespearean verse. Is there an audition needed for the drama portfolio class? There is not, uh, but we will be active, incredibly active on webcam and mic. So you will need a working headset. You, they say this for all the Colby classes, but I'm telling you, please get a working headset if you want to sign up for the drama portfolio class. Uh, yeah. Do you recommend what? it for older high school students or would even the younger high school students who are just embarking upon the, reading the great books, would that be, would it be sort of suitable for them too or later on? I will say this, uh, reading plays is a very difficult skill. It's, it's very, I, and they know this because they start reading plays in ninth grade. So freshmen, they're absolutely able to take this course. It will be difficult to read a play. So the sooner you learn, the, you learn how and you learn with us, uh, the easier it'll be. But if you want to, but so it is open to all high school students, but if you uh, know how to read a play beforehand, that's a great, that's a great place to start. So yes, and uh, but just be be cautious because I don't I don't want uh, you to be I, I don't want you to find a script and then try to read a script and say this is just too complicated I can't remember who's who and then just stop reading plays forever so uh, that that would be like the worst case scenario so as long as you feel comfortable reading a play uh, you'll be great for, great in this course. How did you get into theater? Did you grow up in theater? I How went. How to, so my mother uh, uh, introduced me to theater at a very young age. Uh, we were doing musicals in our backyard, and we kept on doing musicals, and I thoroughly enjoyed them. I always enjoyed it. I loved Shakespeare. But what really sold me on it, I went on a study abroad high school program with uh, the University of Dallas, where I ended up going. And it was, it was just life-changing. We read Shakespeare 
in the in Italy in the spots where the plays actually took place. So we read Julius Caesar in Rome. We read Merchant of Venice in Venice. We read Romeo and Juliet in Verona. It was it was absolutely life changing and incredible. And so that's how I kind of got hooked on theater. That the the combination of spoken word to linked to the actual physical space in which we were doing it. Uh, so I actually so most of my professional career as a director. Um, I've been into uh, very site-specific theater. So I would direct plays uh, in bars and in uh, breweries and local pubs downtown. Uh, that was kind of where I, I found a lot of joy because we would bring the production straight to the audience and the characters would be walking around the bar and really participating with the people and bringing them and drawing them into these plays. Anything that we've missed? Any final words of wisdom um all all of your words have been wise tonight this is so been cool. fantastic i really yes. hope my students think so <laughs> how can they, they not your enthusiasm for this is just so uh, palpable and catching it's contagious it's like that it sounds fantastic to me like i don't spend a lot of time thinking about these things but hearing you describe them i want to hear, learn more and more about them and see them produced and it sounds like an ideal addition to the colby offerings and it, i'm excited to see how this goes for you and wish you all the best thank you thank you um i am uh directing uh professionally in addition to teaching uh colby this fall i will be directing as you like it which is a comedy by shakespeare uh online for richmond catholic theater in september so if anybody's interested in like seeing like a like what theater looks like on Zoom uh, and what, what capabilities there are, there'll be an opportunity for that around late September. And if you have like links for that or other links you want to share with us, we, we produce show notes for each of these episodes too, if, if there are things oh, cool. that you want to include. So I will, I will. Yeah. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorum Dei Gloriam. <laughs>